So let's talk about lipids. They're the major component of the phospholipid bilayer, one of the most important structural parts of the cell. Uh, each of the membrane components is an amphipathic molecule, so it has both hydrophilic and hydrophobic regions. The polar head is hydrophilic and the fatty acid tails are hydrophobic. So phospholipids have the following elements. A phosphate and alcohol that comprise the polar head group joined to a hydrophobic fatty, hydrophobic fatty acid tail by, by phosphodiester linkages. One or more fatty acids are, are attached to a backbone to form the hydrophobic tail region. Phospholipids can be further classified according to the backbone on which the molecule is built. So glycerol is a three-carbon alcohol. It forms phosphoglycerides or glycerophospholipids, and sphingolipids have a sphingosine backbone. Um, not all sphingolipids are phospholipids. And lipids all share in common a tail composed of long-chain fatty acids. The hydrocarbon chains vary, chains vary by their degree of saturation and length. The two properties determine how the overall molecule will behave. Fully saturated fatty acid tails will only have single bonds. The carbon atom is considered saturated when it's bonded to four other atoms with no pi bonds. Saturated fatty acids, like those in butter, have greater van der Waals forces and a more stable overall structure. So they form solids at room temperature. And an unsaturated fatty acid includes one or more double bonds. And double bonds introduce kinks into the fatty acid chain, which makes it difficult for them to stack and solidify. So unsaturated fats, like olive oil, tend to be liquids at room temperature. The same rules apply in the phospholipid bilayer. Phospholipids with unsaturated fatty acid tails make up more fluid regions of the phospholipid bilayer. And they can have a variety of fatty acid tails and also different head groups, which determine properties of the surface of the cell membrane. So glycerophospholipids or phospholipids are the phospholipids that contain a glycerol backbone bonded by ester linkages to two fatty acids and by a phosphodiester linkage to a highly polar head group. Because the head group determines the membrane surface properties, glycerophospholipids are named according to their head group. So like phosphatidylcholine and phosphatidylethylnolamine. The head group can be positively charged, negatively charged, or neutral, and the membrane surface properties of these molecules make them very important to cell recognition, signaling, and binding. And within each subtype, the fatty acid chain can vary in length and saturation, resulting in an astounding variety of functions that are the focus of active scientific research. Sphingolipids have a sphingosine or sphingoid backbone, which is opposed to the glycerol backbone of glycerophospholipids. They have long-chain nonpolar fatty acid tails and polar head groups. They are phospholipids because they contain a phospholipidiester linkage, but other sphingolipids contain glycosidic linkages to sugars, and any lipid linked to a sugar can be termed a glycolipid. And there's four major subclasses. The simplest sphingolipid is ceramide, which has a single hydrogen atom as its head group. Sphingomyelins are the major class of sphingolipids that are also phospholipids. They have either phosphocholine or phosphoethanolamine as a head group and contain a phosphodiester bond. Uh, they have no net charge head groups, and then they are major components in the plasma membrane of cells producing myelin, so oligodendrocytes and strong cells, the insulating sheath for axons. And then sphingolipids with head groups composed of sugars bonded by glycosidic linkages are considered glycolipids, or more specifically, glycosphingolipids. They're not phospholipids, they don't have any phosphodiester linkages. They're on the outer surface of the plasma membrane, and they can be further classified as cerebrosides or globosides. Cerebrosides have a single sugar, and globosides have no two or more. And the molecules are also referred to as neutral glycolipids because they have no net charge at physiological pH. And then finally is the gangliosides. They're glycolipids that have polar head groups composed of oligosaccharides with one or more and acetylneuraminic acid, or NANA, also called sialic acid, molecules of the terminus and a negative charge. They're considered glycolipids because they have a glycosidic linkage and no phosphate group, and they play a major role in cell interaction, recognition, and signal transduction. 
Waxes are esters of long-chain fatty acids with long-chain alcohols. They form pliable solids at room temperature, and they function as protection for both plants and animals. In plants, they're secreted as a surface coating to prevent excessive evaporation and to protect against parasites. And in animals, they prevent dehydration as a water repellent to keep skin and feathers dry and as lubricant. Then we have signaling lipids. So lipids serve as coenzymes in the electron transport chain and in glycosylation reactions. They also function as hormones that transmit signals over long distances and intracellular messengers responding to extra extracellular signals. Certain special lipids with conjugated double bonds can absorb light. Um, yeah, so here are some signaling lipids. There are steroids, prostaglandins, and fat-soluble vitamins, um, and terpenes. So terpenes are the odiferous chemicals that are the metabolic precursors to steroids and other lipid signaling molecules. And they have varied functions. There were a class of lipids built from isoprene, which is C5H8 moieties, and they share a common structural pattern with carbons grouped in multiples of five. They're produced mainly by plants and also by some insects. They're, generated, they're generally strongly scented. Uh, these pungent chemicals are part of the plant's or insect's protective mechanism. The strong smell of turpentine, a derivative of resin, it comes from the monoterpenes that are resin's major components. They actually get their name from their original discovery in turpentine. And terpenes are also the primary components of much more pleasant smelling essential oils extracted from plants. Terpenes are grouped according to the number of isoprene units present. A single terpene unit contains two isoprene units, so monoterpenes, C10H16, are abundant in both essential oils and terpentine, contain two isoprene units, sesquiterpenes. Uh, contain three isoprene units and diterpenes contain four. Vitamin A is a diterpene from which retinol, a visual pi pigment vital for sight, is derived, and triterpenes with six isoprene units can be converted to cholesterol and various steroids. Carotenoids like beta carotene and lutein are tetraterpenes with eight isoprene units, uh, and natural rubber has isoprene chains between 1,000 and 5,000 units long, and it's considered a polyterpene. Terpenoids are referred to as isoprenoids. They're derivatives of terpenes that have gone through oxidation oxygenation or rearrangement of the carbon skeleton. These are further modified and um, by the addition of an extensive variety of functional groups. Terpenoids share similar characteristics with terpenes in terms of both biological precursor function and aromatic properties contributing to steroid biosynthesis, as well as a sense of cinnamon, eucalyptus, camphor, turmeric, and other compounds. They're named in analogous fashion with diterpenoids deriving from four isoprene units and so on. And then we'll talk about steroids. So they're metabolic derivatives of terpenes, and they're very different from the lipids mentioned earlier. They're characterized by having four cycloalkane rings fused together, three cyclohexane and one cyclopentane. Steroid functionality is determined by the oxidation status of these rings, as well as the functional groups that they carry, and it's important to note that the large number of carbons and hydrogens make steroids nonpolar like the other lipids mentioned. Steroid refers to a group defined by a particular chemical structure demonstrated above. Uh, steroid hormones are steroids that act as hormones, meaning that they are secreted by endocrine glands into the bloodstream and then travel on protein carriers to distant sites where they can bind to specific, to specific high affinity receptors and alter gene expression levels. Steroid hormones are potent biological signals that regulate gene expression and metabolism, affecting a wide variety of biological systems. And some examples are testosterone, estrogens, cortisol, and aldosterone, and plants also use steroids as a signaling molecule. And then cholesterol is a steroid of primary importance. It's more it's a major component of the phospholipid bilayer. It's responsible for mediating membrane fluidity. It's an antipathic molecule containing both hydrophilic and hydrophobic components. It interactions with both hydrophobic tails and hydrophilic heads, allows cholesterol to maintain relative constant fluidity. And at low temperatures, it keeps the cell membrane from solidifying. At high temperatures, it holds the membrane intact and prevents it from becoming too permeable. It also serves as a precursor to many important molecules like steroid hormones, bile acids, and vitamin D. And then there are prostaglandins. They were first thought to be produced by the prostate gland, but they're produced by almost all cells in the body. These 20 carbon molecules are unsaturated carboxylic acids. 
derived from arachidonic acid and contain one five carbon ring. They act as paracrine or autocrine signaling molecules. Uh, they regulate the synthesis of cyclic adenosine, adenosine monophosphate, which is a ubiquitous intracellular messenger. It mediates the actions of many other hormones, and downstream effects include powerful effects on smooth muscle function, influence over the sleep-wake cycle, and the elevation of body temperature associated with fever and pain. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like aspirin inhibit the enzyme cyclooxygenase, which aids in the production of prostaglandins. A vitamin is an essential nutrient that cannot be adequately synthesized by the body and therefore must be consumed in the diet, and vitamins are commonly divided into water-soluble and lipid-soluble categories. Lipid-soluble vitamins can accumulate in the absorbed fat, whereas excess water-soluble vitamins are excreted through the urine, and the fat-soluble vitamins include A, D, E, and K. (coughs) Excuse me. Vitamin A, or carotene, is an unsaturated hydrocarbon important in vision, growth, and development, and immune function. The most significant metabolite of vitamin A is the aldehyde form, retinal, which is a component of the light-sensing molecular system in the human eye. Retinol is the storage form of vitamin A, and it's also oxidized to retinoic acid, which is a hormone that regulates gene expression during epithelial development. Vitamin D, or cholecalciferol, can be consumed or formed in a UV light-driven reaction in the skin. It's converted to calcitriol in the liver and kidneys, which is the biologically active form of vitamin D. Calcitriol increases calcium and phosphate uptake in the intestines, which promotes bone production, and a lack of vitamin D can cause rickets, a condition seen in children and characterized by underdeveloped curved long bones as well as impeded growth. Vitamin E characterizes a group of closely related lipids called tocopherols and tocotrienols, which are characterized by a substituted aromatic ring with a long isoprenoid type chain and characterized by hydrophobicness, hydrophobicity. Tocopherols are biological antioxidants. The an- their aromatic ring reacts with free radicals, destroying them, which prevents oxidative damage and uh, is an important contributor to the development of cancer and aging. And then there's vitamin K. It's a group of compounds including phyloquinone, K1, and menaquinones, K2. It's, vi- it's vital to the post-translational modifications required to form prothrombin, which is an important clotting factor in the blood. And the aromatic ring of vitamin K undergoes a cycle of oxidation and reduction during the formation of prothrombin and is required to induce introduce calcium binding sites on several calcium-dependent proteins. Uh, Triacylglycerols are a class of lipids specifically used for energy storage. Um, so they're composed of three fatty acids bonded by ester linkages to glycerol. Uh, the carbon atoms of fatty acids are more reduced than those of sugars, which contain numerous alcohol groups. So this is the oxidation of triacylglycerols yielding twice the amount of energy per gram as carbs, making it far more energy dense. They're also hydrophobic, they don't draw in water, and they don't require hydration for stability, which helps decrease their weight. And then they also can survive in cold temperatures, and they serve as a dual purpose of energy storage and insulation to help retain body heat, so less energy is required to maintain constant internal temperature. These compounds are nonpolar and hydrophobic, they're insoluble in water. Uh, They can be observed in cells as oily droplets in the cytosol. They serve as depots of metabolic fuel that can be recruited when the cell needs additional energy to divide or survive when other fuel supplies are low. Special cells in animals known as adipocytes store large amounts of fat and are found primarily under the skin, around mammary glands, and in the abdominal cavity. And they travel bidirectionally in the bloodstream between the liver and adipose tissue, and the physical characteristics are determined by saturation or unsaturation of the fatty acid chains that make them up much like phospholipids. So free fatty acids are unesterified fatty acids with a free carboxylate group. They circulate in the blood, bonded noncovalently to serum albumin. They also make up what we know as soap. Uh, produced through saponification, which is the ester hydrolysis of triacylglycerols using a strong base, which is usually lye, which is the common name for sodium or potassium hydroxide. The result is the basic cleavage of the fatty acid, leaving a sodium salt of the fatty acid and glycerol, which is what we know as soap.
Uh, soap can act as a surfactant, which lowers the surface tension at the surface of a liquid, serving as a detergent or emulsifier. Uh, if we were to add a soap, the two phases would appear to combine into a single phase, forming a colloid, which occurs because of the formation of micelles, tiny aggregates of soap, with the hydrophobic tails turned inward and the hydrophilic tails turned outward, thereby shielding the hydrophobic lipid tails and allowing for overall solvation. And then, yeah, nonpolar compounds can dissolve in the hydrophobic interior of water-soluble micelles, meaning that our cleaning agents can dissolve both water-soluble and water-insoluble messes and wash them away altogether. They're also important for the absorption of fat-soluble vitamins and complicated liquids like lecithins. And fatty acids and bile salts secreted by the gallbladder form micelles that can increase the surface area available for lipolytic enzymes. So now we'll get into our concept summary. So lipids are insoluble in water, insoluble in nonpolar organic solvents. Phospholipids are amphipathic and form the bilayer of biological membranes. They contain a hydrophilic polar head group and hydrophobic and nonpolar tail. The head group is attached by a phosphodiester linkage, and because it interacts with the environment, it determines the function of the phospholipid. The saturation of the fatty acid tail determines the fluidity of the membrane. Saturated are less fluid than unsaturated ones, and fatty acids form most of the structural thickness of the phospholipid bilayer. Glycerol Glycerophospholipids are phospholipids that contain a glycerol backbone. Sphingolipids have a sphingosine or sphingoid backbone. Many are also phospholipids containing a phosphodiester bond, and these are termed sphingophospholipids. Sphingomyelins are the major class of sphingophospholipids and contain a phosphatidylcholine or phosphatidylethanolamine head group. They're a major component of the myelin sheath. Glycosphingolipids are attached to sugar moieties instead of a phosphate group, and cerebrocytes have one sugar connected to sphingosphine, and globocytes have two or more. Gangliosides contain oligosaccharides with at least one terminal, and acetylneuraminic acid, NANA, also called sialic acid. Waxes contain long-chain fatty acids as serified to long-chain alcohols, and they are used as protection against evaporation and parasites in plants and animals. Terpenes are odiferous steroid precursors made from isoprene, a 5-carbon molecule. One terpene unit, a monoterpene, contains two isoprene units. Terpenoids are derived from terpenes via oxygenation or backbone rearrangement. They have similar odorous characteristics. Steroids contain three cyclohexane rings and one cyclopentane ring. Their oxidation state and functional groups may vary. Steroid hormones have high affinity receptors, work at low concentrations, and affect gene expression and metabolism. Cholesterol is a steroid important to membrane fluidity and stability. It serves as a precursor to a host of other molecules. And prostaglandins are autocrine and paracrine signaling molecules that regulate CNP levels, and they have powerful effects on smooth muscle contraction, body temperature, the sleep-wake cycle, fever, and pain. The fat-soluble vitamins include vitamins A, D, E, and K. Vitamin A is carotene, metabolized to retinol for vision, and retinoic acid for gene expression and epithelial development. Vitamin D is cholecalciferol. It's metabolized to calcitriol in the kidneys and regulates calcium and phosphorus homeostasis in the intestines, increasing calcium and phosphate absorption, promoting bone formation, and a deficiency of vitamin D causes rickets. Vitamin E tocopherols act as biological antioxidants. Their aromatic rings destroy free radicals, preventing oxidative damage. Vitamin K, phyloquinone, and menaquinones is important for formulation of prothrombin, which is a clotting factor, and it performs post-translational modifications on a number of proteins, creating calcium binding sites. Finally, there's triacylglycerols, which are triglycerides. They're the preferred method of storing energy for long-term use. With one glycerol attached to three fatty acid bi-ester bonds, the fatty acids usually vary within the same triacylglycerol. The carbon atoms are more reduced than carbohydrates, giving twice as much energy per gram during oxidation, and they are very hydrophobic, so they're not hydrated by body water and do not carry additional water weight. Animal cells specifically used for storage of large triacylglycerol deposits are called adipocytes, and free fatty acids are unesterified fatty acids that travel in the bloodstream, and salts of free, free fatty acids are soaps, and they can be synthesized in saponification. Saponification is the ester hydrolysis of triacylglycerols using a strong base, like sodium or potassium hydroxide. 
Soaps act as surfactants, forming micelles, and a micelle can dissolve a lipid-soluble molecule in its fatty acid core and washes away with water because of its shell of carboxylate head groups. So that's all for that. Uh, our next chapter will focus on DNA and biotechnology. So I'll see you there. Bye-bye.